This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Welcome to the Not Lukewarm Podcast with Deanna Bartolini, an author, speaker, and retreat leader who wants you to know your faith and live not lukewarm. Welcome, everyone. It's Deanna Bartolini with the Not Lukewarm Podcast. And today I am very excited to introduce to you a new ministry and two people I have recently met uh, Patchwork Heart Ministries with Bill Snyder and Ann DeSantis. They are both here with us and they're going to be talking to us about their ministry and their new book. So, welcome. Thank you, Deanna. All right. So there was Bill. How are you? I'm, I'm well. How are you doing? Good, good. And Anne, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Right. I love spring and it's almost here. So <laughs> Ah, okay. Well, where I live, it's always hot. So I don't really know it's spring, but good to know. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So um, I'm just going to briefly... Uh, talk, tell you guys who we're talking to. So Bill Snyder is a Catholic young adult minister and a media specialist, and he is the founder of Patchwork Heart Ministry, which is a nonprofit organization for Catholic youth and young adults. And what he hopes to do is inspire, engage, and challenge young people to live their faith boldly by example through storytelling and media initiatives. Very exciting, Bill. Thank you. And Anne DeSantis is a wife and a mom and the director of a nonprofit called the St. Raymond Nonatus Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. She's a writer and on various uh, media outlets, and she is the co-host with Bill of the podcast called Sewing Hope. And also together, they have recently co-authored a book, uh, which is what we're here to talk about. The book is called Hearts Answers, Hearts Burning Within Us, Answers to Burning Questions from Catholic College Students. All right, I've talked a lot. It's your turn. So who wants to tell us how did Patchwork Heart Ministry and the Sewing Hole podcast come to be? Bill. <laughs> That'll be Bill. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so I started Patchwork Heart Ministry in 2012 uh, because I had uh, was out at a youth conference, actually, with a bunch of college students. And at that, or a bunch of high school students at the time. And what had happened was uh, the Holy Spirit kept prodding me to start this ministry, start this ministry. And I had no idea what it meant at the time, but but it wouldn't be, be quiet. The Holy Spirit wouldn't be quiet. Uh, so I uh, finally shot back at him throughout the day. I said, you know what? You give me a name, I'll start it. And after that, he was quiet. On the ride home of the uh, on the ride home of this conference that I was at with these students, it hit me like a two by four as I was praying the fifth decade of the Rosary Patchwork Heart Ministry. So uh, the the ministry began then um, kind of part time, very part time. Uh, did a few podcasts, did a few blogs, but it really didn't take off until 2018. Uh, I was called full time uh, by the Holy Spirit at that point too jump in and do this ministry full-time and then uh the pandemic hit shortly after about two years later and just as we were getting ready to go and do some big speaking engagements and some things uh in fact the week of the speaking engagement was the week everything shut down um and so uh through that i ended up meeting ann uh desantis and 
and I was way too busy at the time to be doing uh, a podcast with her, an, an additional podcast with her, and I told her no. Um, and then I got in a car accident and I told her yes. <laughs> so uh, I, my, my livelihood as an Uber driver uh, went out the window uh, for a few weeks and uh, I said, Anne, I can do that podcast now. <laughs> so uh, here is the Sewing Hope podcast. The Holy Spirit really doesn't let go of us once he gets hold of us, does he? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I find like Bill, it's usually futile to protest. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so, Anne, you started this podcast with Bill. Tell us a little bit about that podcast. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, and literally, we're talking exactly almost a year ago because I don't know if I got to share this with you before, but I actually used to host an online TV show in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. The name of the show was called The Positive Side. And I used to host people on that show pretty much, you know, people were doing good things to make the world a better place. Uh, nonprofits, authors. Um, it was a quote secular show, but I did have a lot of Catholic guests because I happen to be Catholic, right? And so one of those guests was going to be Bill Snyder. And then that's kind of like, remember Bill? Yeah. And then that got canceled because I live in Pennsylvania. The show was in Cherry Hill. I wasn't able to travel. And so that kind of ended on, you know, unfortunately, but fortunately, because God had other plans, right? And that's when I proposed to Bill after I was a guest on his podcast. I said, you know what? I'm not doing this other show anymore. It would be so great to do something online. And I thought Bill would be the perfect person to do something together. And so it started out where we interviewed mostly just each other, right? We did like, I don't know, five or six episodes where we had topics and we just kind of went back and forth talking about different topics related to faith. And then Bill had the idea that why don't we start inviting people to be on the show? And I said, oh, that's a great idea. And Bill had the idea that we would do it live. So that's kind of the exciting thing about Sewing Hope. It is a live podcast. It's uh, two days a week. We do it on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern for one hour. It is a whole hour podcast. And we really focus on our guests. Um, we've had some really, truly amazing guests on that show. I know you're going to be a guest soon. To Deanna, you're scheduled to, to come on Sewing Hope. Uh, we have authors, nonprofit speakers, a lot of Catholics. We've had non-Catholics too, Christians. Uh, a lot of people are doing just good things to make the world a better place. So uh, if, if anybody wants to listen to Sewing Hope, all you need to do is to go to Patchwork Heart Ministry on YouTube and subscribe. And not only will you see Sewing Hope, but you'll see Bill's other podcast that he does called Young Catholics Respond, where he's done so many uh, great things there, interviewing truly wonderful people. And uh, so you can learn more there. And then Bill puts our podcast all over the place. So not only is it on YouTube, but it's also on Podbean and on all the other podcasting outlets. And so I'm going to be you sure, so much. sorry, I'm going to be sure to drop all those links in the show notes that you can find Anne and Bill and all of their great work because um, you know, obviously before the show, I kind of look around at what I'm talking about, right? So I have some clue and um, it's just amazing. And I love, Anne, what you were just saying about the fact that you're trying to focus on the positive, the good things. It's so easy to get sucked into the negativity of the, the regular media and we forget that good things are happening. And it's not that we want to turn a blind eye, but it's good to have both sides of the story, right? Um, it's good to hear the good as well. 
and it helps us in our spiritual journey. Uh, so this new book, all right, I, I got a little bit of a taste of uh, what Anne was talking about a little bit. All right, questions and Bill's working with youth and young adults. And so how did this book come about? Um, hearts burning within us. <laughs> uh, as Anne's pointing to me here on Zoom. Uh, no, uh, so, so again, I had authored, after I founded uh, Patchwork Heart Ministry, I had authored a foreword to this book uh, that was called Hearts Burning Within Us. And it sat in a Google document for years on my web space. Uh, and again, the Holy Spirit just kind of inspired this uh, introduction to the book. He originally wanted it to be a question and answer book for high school students, but uh, through prayer and, and as ministry has been leading me uh, into work with college students, it has kind of, uh, kind of took on the meaning to work with college students over high schoolers. And so, um, Again, about you know halfway through the year of last year, I, I had mentioned to Anne, I said, you know, I have this forward to a book. Uh, you know, it's just kind of sitting dormant. Maybe you want to take a look at it and read it. And um, so I sent it to her and she goes immediately, you know, I know exactly, you know, who can help us with this and we can get this going like next week. And so I'm sitting there going, okay, great. Uh, okay, Holy Spirit, open a door. So um, she, uh, she got us uh, two other co-authors, uh, Maggie Riggins and Jen Southerton, uh, and uh, they are both campus ministers or were campus ministers uh, with Lords and DeSales Universities, uh, and and then Anne's daughter as well at Gwendolyn Mercy uh, College was one of the students that was helping us out, Sean, uh, and so uh, we had this great group of authors and about five uh, five uh, college students who would meet with us weekly on Zoom. And what we did was we uh, talked with them about the questions that they had on their hearts uh, based on the story on the road to Emmaus. Uh, we, we had used uh, the road to Emmaus as kind of a guidepost because uh, what, what happens in this, in this story at Emmaus is there are two disciples who are just kind of disillusioned and they're disappointed and discouraged. They just watched their best friend, leader, and hopeful Messiah die and suffer on the cross. And so they've got a ton of questions about their future and where they're going. Um, and as they ask these questions, the miraculous thing happens, right? The, Jesus shows up and he answers all of them. He says, he, he starts with that line like, oh, how foolish you are, and then starts explaining to them everything beginning with Moses all the way on down. And so they're like, um, this guy knows his stuff. We want him to stick around with us for a little while. And they invite him to dinner, and obviously miracles abound and things happen. So uh, where he reveals himself in the breaking of the bread. And so that's the model kind of we followed. It was, you know, throughout, throughout these questions, and, let, and then we're going to walk, and we're going to talk, and we're going to hope that Jesus shows up. Now, we walked virtually uh, over Zoom, but it was, it was a beautiful thing because— Doubts disappeared, fears faded, and uh, we all were closer to uh, God by the end of this. I mean, both the authors and the students, I mean, we were, I think one of the hallmarks was that every week we prayed with one another, you know, for whatever was on our heart, literally, whatever needs and tensions we went around, we, we all uh, listed our intentions, we all prayed for our intentions, uh, and that was completely separate from the book. Uh, you know, writing process, but that was just something that we, we kept, you know, to bind us together, to grow closer uh, in faith, and 
miracles happened. It was it was beautiful to to really see this um, you know this this book come out. So I'm I'm excited about it because I think that what's going to happen when college students that were not part of this journey pick it up, they're going to see that these were real authentic answers, and these and these answers to questions are questions that are burning on college kids hearts they're literally burning on their heart they want these questions answered and they deserve an answer um you know they they deserve an answer with truth clarity and charity and so that's i think what we really provided in the book that's amazing that you the, the the way you put together this book that what a great idea because you know it's always great to think we know what people want answers to but rather than you thinking you knew you actually went to the source and were able to get the questions um how did you find these students and <laughs> <laughs> well um as bill said when he came to me and said that he had this project because we were kind of also really brainstorming at that point about we were at the very beginning of the pandemic and we were both kind of a little shaken up like what's going to happen with our ministries because like you said I'm the director for foundation as well the St. Raymond Anatis Foundation and I'm always looking for things to also do to help um, I don't want to use the word promote but what we do with the foundation I represent is to try to help families in crisis and we also have a very big heart for young people and trying to get them back into the church. Now, Bill knows that too, because Bill's on our board of directors. So he hears all these meetings that we have having to do with uh, evangelizing and things like that. So to answer your question, when Bill and I were brainstorming and I came up with the two people, I came up with Maggie, Maggie Riggins. And then I think Maggie came up with the idea that we should invite Jen. Yes. And, and then Maggie and Jen were the ones that actually had the connections with the students. Now, I brought along my own daughter, who's 22. She happens to be graduating from college this year. Um, but but the, the, other, you know, the other two ladies invited the, the other students. So yeah, it was just amazing. It really sounds like a, a really great way to do something like that. Very, it, it seems intuitive, yet I don't know that I've heard of anybody else doing it that way. Um, so that's, that is great. And I love what you were saying, Bill, about how you became really a community and that community was based in prayer, which is really, when you look at the road to Emmaus, right, that's where it all was starting, right? That, that Jesus was forming, teaching them not only through the word, but through prayer. And then the apostles, of course, through prayer were then able to go out and do that great big thing of evangelizing. Um, Yes, it is. Uh, I would say that the reason why we want people to use it as an evangelization tool is because I want them to use it as a, uh, as almost like a toolbox, you know, where if they have a question, they can flip open to the question about uh, the, the underage drinking, or they have a question about sexual ethics, or they have a question about evangelization or how do i talk am, am i allowed to talk to non-catholics like there there are all kinds of different questions in this book but it, it can be used as a resource as a toolbox for them to go all right now i can get a straightforward answer about this particular thing that's relevant that's uh so it's not something you're going to read cover to cover but it's it's one of those things where like okay i got this question i i, I am this age and i am in this situation of being in college so uh, what is the best way for me to live my faith 
okay, let me pop it open today, read the answer. And you know what? You might not pick it up for another week or two when, when the next question kind of goes into your mind about, oh, wait a minute, this one I need to answer now. So, you know, I really think that that's an important part of it. I also say in the introduction that uh, unless you're doing your best to live the faith, you're not going to get the max out of this book. You have to be trying to live it. I mean, you know, anybody can approach a book and go, oh, that's nice. You know, there's some wisdom in that. I mean, we can even do that with the Bible. We open up the Bible and go, oh, there's a lot of nice sayings. But if we don't have the relationship, if we haven't spent the time to build our relationship with God, then these sayings, these words have no meaning. So your life really has to reflect, um, you know, what you're, what, what you're doing. And, and that's living the faith. I like that. Your, our life does indeed need to reflect living the faith, um, because that's the only way we're going to attract people to our faith, right? It's not just through words. It's how we act, how we live, how we treat other people. Um, so how else could you see this book being used besides college students? Who else would benefit uh, to have copies of this? Well, and honestly, I think that this is a book that, although it is, yes, it's, it's supposed to be geared for college students, uh, it might even be something that you can give as a gift to a, a graduating high school student. And I know Bill has said that before. It's, it's a very good graduation gift, in fact. Um, I think that parents can buy the book, too, because then you can see they can be able to reflect about their own children and what those questions of faith are. So I think that parents, especially of teenagers or soon to be college students. And for that matter, you know, I know a lot of our older generation, our baby boomers and our grandparents are very concerned about the faith of the younger people, the younger generation. So for that matter, I think it would also help for uh, grandparents even to own the book and be able to read it and learn from it. I can't tell you how many people that I know personally that are over the age of 55 or 60 that are extremely concerned about the faith of of youth and young adults and college age. So I think really this book can be appropriate, not just for that age bracket. Bill, what do you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I, and, and I think anybody wants to relate to young people uh, in their, in their lives can read this and also be able to learn some of the ways that young people need the questions phrased, right? Like, uh, like I said, with truth, clarity, and charity, uh, you know, we all communicate differently. I mean, you know, the, you know, the group that grew up with the bell bottoms and, you know, in the 1970s was what was communicated to differently than we communicate today. So uh, you know, we, we have to learn that communication style and we have to respect the communication style of the current generation. So, yeah, if you're a grandparent, if you're a um, parent, uh, definitely learn the communication style and and, and sit down with them, because I think that that, that this book has that key inside of it, because the, because the students were very honest with us. They were like, uh, you know what? Here's this question, and they were, and here's the answer. Like, okay, that answers it, but but how about this question that stems off of it, or how about this, 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 and this? Uh, you're not taking into consideration that, and so it was really fascinating to see that process unfold throughout the course of the summer last year but also it made us okay go back and rephrase this or or add this in to make things still be very truthful to what are you know the teachings of our faith but but also have that clarity and charity that they're going to 
be able to absorb it, you know, because we want them to be able to create that relationship in their heart. And if they don't have it phrased in the right way, I mean, people just walk out of churches. I, I don't like what that guy said. I'm out of here. You know, uh, that, yes. that's not the <laughs> type of environment we want to foster. I think that's great because it's true that, you know, everyone communicates differently. And I know one, one day I was texting with my nephew and he says to me, this was a couple of years ago. And he's like, you, you text like my friends. And I said, okay, is that a good thing or a bad thing? He says, no, no, it's a good thing. It means that you understand what I'm talking about and I can understand you. I was like, okay, I had no idea there were texting styles, but apparently I'd nailed it. Um, so yay me. Um, but it's how you say it. You know, like we know what we want to say, right? And we all have good intentions, but sometimes it comes across as, oh my goodness, it's just like too much, too heavy handed. Um, you know, like we, we so much want to tell people the truth that we forget about being charitable and clarity is so important, like succinct. It's so much harder to be succinct than it is to be long-winded. Um, and I yes. think sometimes, <laughs> I, I sometimes have that problem actually, <laughs> truthfully, but um, I just, I can't wait to see this book um, so when is it going to be available for people to actually get in their hands? Yeah, so we're hoping the the um, the the process of publishing will won't take us any longer than June first. Uh, but uh, if if it does take us a little bit longer, uh, we're hoping no longer than uh, uh, August first. So we're hoping for okay. August first. Uh, if absolutely, uh, we want to get it out into college students' hands before they go off to college. Uh, this this fall that's the that's the real goal we would love to get it out for graduation season um, but you know the the publishing process the other thing I'll mention is that we will be submitting this to uh, the church for its approval as well uh, getting the imprimatur and the uh, Neil Obstat so that so that organizations and you know different people can trust it as something that doesn't contain anything with you know <laughs> you know that, that is outside the teaching of the church so uh, we definitely want to make sure that, that that's in there. Uh, and that process uh, can, can take a little bit longer than, than desired sometimes. <laughs> so. it, it can, it can, but very worthwhile because I think, as you just said, then people know that what they're reading, it's not what Anne and Bill think, it's what the church teaches and it's what we believe as a faith. And so you can have confidence in passing that on and saying, hey, read this, this is really a good good resource for you. So I could see it being good, you know, like for youth ministry leaders, um, young adult offices and dioceses and things, and having that stamp of approval, it's not a stamp, but actually it means something important. So I think that's great. That's great. Thank you. So, and it is sometimes can be a long process. Um, we're going to just wrap things up. So anything last thing, Anne or Bill, that you want to say about either your podcast or the book? And then well, I just up. want to thank you. Uh, I, I happened to come across the Facebook post from uh, Amy Brooks with, you know, with her group and with uh, Catholics Online and, and your invitation. So this was just like perfect timing <laughs> for us. And so we're just really grateful that you invited us to be on this podcast. And, um, you know, our, our mission with what we do in the collaborative work that Bill and I are doing is simply sowing hope into broken hearts, you know, and what we've been through in this past year, all of us as a country and as a world, I mean, I think that 
since this podcast was born from that, we really want to keep that charism. We really want to continue to make the outreach uh, because part of being Catholic, Bill and I always say this, is making that outreach to those who are away from their faith, who do feel discouraged and need someone to be there for them. So we try to make our podcast very personal. Uh, we invite people to get in touch with us with prayer intentions. They would just go to Sewing hope at patchworkheart.org if they want to give us a prayer intention. So, um, Bill, did you have anything else you wanted to say about it? Uh, no, just thank you. And uh, yeah, know that I think all the links will be in the show notes uh, down below Absolutely. to, uh, to pre order the book and, and, and listen to our podcast. So, uh, thank you so much, Deanna. This has been an uh, absolute pleasure being on. Well, it was fun to interview both of you. And as always, we're going to end with our Not Lukewarm Challenge. And so this week, uh, listeners, you can choose one of them or just go all out. Just go all out and be totally not lukewarm and do both of the challenges that Anne and Bill are going to uh, offer for us today. So, Anne, you want to start us off? Thank you. Mine is, and um, I have a heart for marginalized, especially that's because I work for the St. Raymond Anatas Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. Invite people to check out our website at nonatis.org and give us a prayer request. Uh, we help families affected by divorce and separation and also families in crisis. My lukewarm challenge will be that marginalized people are everywhere. Yes, they're in the homeless and the sick and the suffering, but it could be someone in your neighborhood that nobody talks to. It might be that sibling that is kind of left out from everybody else. It could be that person that, that when you're at church and you're gathered with all your friends kind of talking, the person that walks by and doesn't have any friends at church, or maybe they've been ostracized from the church for some reason. So I would just say that think of that person that you know that you can give a call, invite, and not to make them feel like they're some kind of an outcast, really be interested in what they're doing and uh, and be proactive with them and not make them feel like they're kind of one step lower than everybody else, if that makes any sense. It does. Thank don't you. make them, you don't want them to think that you're their, pro, they're, they're a project. They're not exactly. a project, they're a person. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And Bill, what was your suggestion? Um, I, I, I will tell you, uh, because lukewarm is all about mediocrity. So there's being not lukewarm would be, don't procrastinate. Do the one thing that you were going to do tomorrow, do it today. Uh, and I think when you do that, uh, you are on the first step of becoming not lukewarm. <laughs> I think that, that's great. Thank you both so very much. And I look forward to re seeing the book when it comes out in print. And all of this information will be in our show notes. And I hope that our listeners will definitely seek out what you're offering because it is some really, it's, it's edifying, it will lift you up and it will help you on your faith journey tremendously. So thank you, Bill. Thank you, Anne. God bless you both. And everyone, don't forget to live not lukewarm. Thanks for listening to the Not Lukewarm Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, please subscribe or tell a friend or leave a review. You can find all show notes and links on notlukewarmpodcast.com. That's also where you can find links to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. If you have a topic that you'd like to learn more about or want to tell me how the Not Lukewarm Challenge went this week, please send me an email at Bartolini at mediaangels.com.